Smartcast Media. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent, including Olus Media. Super interesting, dude. What did you think, Tony? I learned some things about him today. I've been working with him for years. I mean, there wasn't a point in the interview where I was like, ah, this is lame. I mean, everything he said, I I was very, you know, he was engaged. But it seems like he's very dedicated to his kids right now, but just smart, right? Just smart in terms of how he handles the business. I think that's how, why he's done so well in the industry. Yeah, I think the yoga and the the kids and his Mm -hmm. wife uh, Mm -hmm. really help him, you know, stay even keeled. Olus Media presents Dear San Diego. To me, Dear San Diego is a look under the hood of San Diego's high performers, a platform for newsmakers to come in and talk about who they are away from space in the corporate space, the people that are making news. We get to look at their daily activities, their personalities. Who are they? How do they make things work? What's the secret sauce? Dear San Diego. Hi, Juan. How are you? Pretty good. How are you, Tony? I'm good. I'm good. So um, today we're recording this. It's August 17th, winding down summer. Um, my, my kids finally go back to school in a week. Uh, summer's great. Always, always hate to see the end of summer come because, you know, you have so many good times and laughs and memories. Mm-hmm. But it's also nice to get back into a routine. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, you know, our oldest just left. Uh, she's a sophomore at Arizona State. Yeah, and she was um, she's worried about the heat. You know, she, huh. she wasn't in love with. You know, when I was in college, I was like, yeah. I couldn't wait to get back. But I went to school in Ohio, where it was yeah. eighty degrees this time of year. Now, How hot is it in Arizona right now? One hundred five. Yeah. So, so that's 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 yeah. I wouldn't look forward to that either. But, yeah. but I'm sure she's excited to see some of her friends. And yeah. Yeah, it should be sophomore year. I think will be better for yeah. her than freshman year. Freshman year's everything's new and overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So, how about you? How yeah, was your summer? Bad. Good. Um, it was busy. I haven't been able to enjoy the the beach, the summer stuff as much as I would have. Um, we're starting a new business, as as yeah. you will know, uh, Material. Trying to take. Uh, we've got about forty creatives on base. So trying to open up through a subscription, right? A subscription of creative in the way that we use fractional designers to reach different people so that a lot of people, a lot of our clients don't want to have a full designer on deck, right? So what we do is we do fractional to where they're either spending three hours with some client, three hours with another one. And that way we maintain that infrastructure. So something that I've been working with Kendall, my my partner, um, throughout and and it's looking good. We're going to it looks like we're going to launch September 4th. What's the name of that business again? Eterio. Eterio All-You-Can-Eat Design. And so you spent, you know, that's pretty cool. I like the all-you-can-eat design. That we don't, I read the, uh, the <laughs> on the website, yeah. we don't charge you for the extra guac. I, yeah. I love that. Extra revisions. Everything's food themed. Uh, I, I have a night, like, my, my take on it is if you give it a theme and you keep it funny throughout, you engage people, right? right. There's a lot of competition in the internet. You want to make it engaging, you want to give it a theme. And where can our listeners check that out? Material.io. Okay, so you spent your summer working. I spent my summer at uh, baseball games and water parks and 
but went to Belmont Park last week uh -huh. for the first time in years, uh -huh. and I was just kind of like, wow, I'm back in like, you know, 1970s San Diego. It's crazy, right? I yeah. went there like a year ago last summer, and it seems like it got stuck in time. Right? Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> like, it's I not like a place it. you'd go to every yeah. weekend, but yeah. I mean, the kids loved it. We got that yeah. all-day pass, so they rode yeah. the roller coaster like nine times, and I rode the roller coaster quite a bit. I mean, for an old guy, I was like on this <laughs> rickety wooden roller coaster. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But is, so, is Pirate Cove still over there? Pirate Cove? Uh, I, I think so. I think so. Um, they had some goofy ride that threw you way up in the air mm -hmm. on both sides that yeah. I went on at once with my twin boys. Mm -hmm. And I looked behind me at the boys to check on them or to the side, and I could see my one son was scared. I could see it on his face, right? And and, uh, and so he and I didn't ride that ride anymore. We were one and done. Yeah. My other son, he rode it like 10 times. Yeah. It was like the vomit comet thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, I think I saw you posted it on Instagram, right? Yeah. Like that and yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, we had a good day. Yeah, so. That's cool. Uh, daddy camp. I took the week off and just mm -hmm. just hung out with the boys. Uh, so our guest today, um, we'll we'll get this thing started pretty soon. But um, he's pretty cool. I'm pretty excited to have uh, Drew Lieberman join us. I know you've worked with Drew. Yep. I've worked with Drew. We've worked the three of us together on mm -hmm. projects. Um, yeah, no, Drew is amazing. I, honestly, like I was thinking about it on my way over here. I've never heard of him losing a campaign. Obviously, I'm sure he has lost some, but maybe that's just good marketing on his behalf. It's yeah. like I worked with him on KNL and on Measure D. When I got started in politics 2014, 2015, the full voter participation, the 50% plus one, was a big deal for Democrats in San Diego, right? Because it meant that Republicans that have higher turnout in primaries could just beat Democrats in that primary, right? Yeah. And Democrats wouldn't have a full full access to, to the electorate, right? And they were losing these campaigns left and right. So it was like, how do we fix it? They, they were saying it was impossible. We put together a team, a coalition. Drew was an important part of it, and we won that one by a lot, actually. And then we went in and did it, did it countywide through Measure D. Um, and then, yeah, I competed with Drew on, a, on, on some other things, and, and he beat me there. So Yeah, we'll get into that. Experience. We'll get into that, yeah. yeah. Dear San Diego, why do we call it Dear San Diego? Someone was asking me this the other day. It's like a love letter to San Diego, right? We're writing uh, to San Diego about uh, these newsmakers, mm -hmm. and uh, we're not a um, we're not reporters. We're not here to like dig deep uh, into the news. We do talk about the news, but we're, we want to find out about who these newsmakers are, um, and uh, and let San Diegans know. So, dear San Diego. Um, so, anyways, um, I'm Tony Manalatis. I'm here with my co-host, Juan Hernandez. Uh, today we have a great guest lined up, Drew Lieberman. Drew is um, the principal with uh, Strategies 360, and uh, he's shorthand, he's the he's Mayor Gloria's pollster, but he does a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a, a brilliant guy and, and looking forward to uh, talking to him today. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Drew Lieberman to Dear San Diego. Drew, how are you? Hey, good, guys. Thanks for having me. I, I love the intro. As a native San Diego, a love letter to San Diego is something that's like, it's my life, man. So I'm really happy to be here. It is interesting, right? When we were thinking about like the podcast, what to call it and, and what to work it around, it was like, we want to know what makes people tick, but it's also about the people that make San Diego tick, right? Yeah. Love it. Love it. You're a North County guy, right? North County. Yep. Grew up in Encinitas, and then Poway, and now back in Encinitas. Uh, it's beautiful. So, but I try to get. I have not been to Belmont Park in a long time. Yeah, you probably should. Been, but 
I throw up on roller coasters, so I'm not, I'm not going to. <laughs> well, you can walk around and get an ice cream. The right. kids love the roller. So how many kids? Uh, I get two. I got a 10-year-old boy and a 7-year-old girl. A 7-year-old girl and a 10-year-old boy. And they obviously just winding down summer as well. Uh, wound down. We oh, yeah? We to school Tuesday. Okay. Uh, totally unprepared for it. Yeah. My son went to sleepaway camp this summer. Oh, first uh, time? Two weeks, first time sleepaway camp. I never did it as a kid. Wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have done it. Would have been too scared. <laughs> uh, but he actually did it. So we drove up. It was at Yosemite. We drove up and picked him up last weekend. Sleepaway camp at Yosemite? Yeah. So it wasn't Pretty just like over in like, you know, Bonita. Or, no, no. Wow. He, he, he toughed it out, but. Well, that's cool. Toughed it out. He, well, that's he, a he big deal for a 10 year old. Hanging out for a couple weeks in Yosemite is not the worst thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's How cool. How do you like it? I think after a couple of days of adjustment, he loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be hard not to. Sure. I wanted to go. I wanted to stay up. Yeah, there. right. <laughs> uh, so, but we picked him back up, came back, and school started about a day later. Okay. So, okay. Uh, wasn't ready for the routine. You're, mar- you're married, right? Yep. Yep. And married she. 20, I'm coming up in 20 years. She local as well? or? Yeah, she is. Uh, well, she is now, I should say. Actually, my wife grew up in New York. Okay. Uh, we met in D.C., um, but we've been back here about 10 years now. Okay. She works in corporate social responsibility. Mm-hmm. She's got a cooler job than you. <laughs> she always has. <laughs> uh, she was the big shot in D.C. Uh, she yeah. Was the Department of Defense. So uh, and, uh, last night I uh, won a award of the Business Journal, Leaders of Influence, PR, and Marketing. And so this morning, uh, Alex was, my son Alex was looking at the Facebook post, and he says, I'm happy that mom won that award. And I said, I won the award. <laughs> And he said, oh, my bad. She's usually the one who wins the awards. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right, son. Uh, you got to work harder, Tony. You got to work harder. <laughs> yeah, or so. just take credit for marrying <laughs> up. Right? right? Exactly. Yeah. So congratulations to you. Exactly. I did the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. So, um, so your son, your 10-year-old, plays a competitive travel base, plays Little League baseball, competitive baseball, travel baseball. You're one of the coaches? Uh, yeah, I've actually, uh, my son played up with our older division, uh, one of the teams a year older, our 11U team. Oh, he's good if he's ago. playing up, huh? Well, he got an, he got an invite. Uh, they needed a, a catcher for this tournament up in Orange County. This was about three three weeks ago, a month ago maybe. And um, But I went up and watched, and I sat in the stands, and I realized, I think this is the first game that he's played in that I didn't coach, going back to mm-hmm. people, which is probably a good thing. And yeah, there, there yeah. should be more of those going forward. But uh, I love it. I love being out on the field with him. He loves it. Uh, it makes it all pretty easy. I'm trying to encourage him to play some other sports because he kind of likes baseball a little too much. <laughs> yeah. I think it's important for the athleticism and just yeah. for life skills, right? Mm-hmm. One, I mean, we don't do one thing as adults or even as young adults. Exactly. You know, so it's important. To, you got to adjust. Yep, yep, yep. You know. What else does he, do you think he wants to play? Soccer, or basketball? He's doing a little everything. Actually, he likes lacrosse. Got into lacrosse last uh-huh. year, which is, uh, you know, as a San Diego. Yeah. We, there wasn't a lot of it when I was growing up. No. I don't know anything about it. Uh, but it's huge. So let me tell you about like a little lacrosse story. Like we were meeting someone. We're doing a, a binational conference between Tijuana and Mexico with IVP. And we were trying to meet with the fa- with one of the founders of Alibaba. And he was going to be at this at the World Cup of lacrosse being held in San Diego, right? In San Diego. So we went to, to uh, San Diego State. It was in a stadium over there. And it's a huge deal, right? It's it's growing, it's growing. We've got the we've got a team here in San Diego now, and uh, yeah, I think it's it's an, it's a sport that's on the up and up, right? Especially in high schools. Yes. Yeah, a lot of kids I, are using it as a springboard to get a scholarship into college. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's incredible. It takes athleticism. And, yeah. But the best part of it is, 
like I, said, I don't know anything about it. So yeah, the so I, just I just sit there. And that's what I love it. about. <laughs> yeah, going to soccer games. I don't know anything about soccer. I never played soccer, so I can just sit in my lawn chair and enjoy it. You know, I don't. You're not stressed. You're not. No, like, hey, it's go great. This. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I'm at the beach. Steal the base. You know. Yeah. So travel ball dad. I'm a travel ball dad. A lot of people who um, don't have kids in travel ball think us travel ball parents parents are a little are a little intense <laughs> um travel ball good bad what what both explain briefly both sides of it for our listeners uh whew, how, how long we got here um <laughs> I, uh, some of both right i mean like i guess like anything and uh balance moderation is probably the answer sure um i say like anything our politics don't have a lot of that anymore but <laughs> yeah um yeah you know look i think it's good to give kids more opportunity to grow, learn, develop, be on a field, be outside, be off screens. So all of that is good. Right. Access to more coaching, more resources. Better coaches, better competition. Sure. Pushes them it, to get better. Yeah, I think it makes sense. But it's clearly had a uh, you know deleterious impact on some other things. Uh, could be the kids, right? You got to guard against burnout, yeah. too much baseball, their arms, they got all those things. But also on our youth baseball system and you know you have kids dropping out of little league or dropping out of pony league and uh and you're essentially just now recreating that in another form that frankly costs more and takes more time so uh i, I do think there's good and bad to it um but i think it's a balance to, right like trying everything to find in that life balance. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah well i hope to we haven't run into you yet um, your well, your well, son's Alex no for just finished second to say I don't want to run into you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's he, he was on a very good all star team. They runner up in uh, uh, Southern California state championships for eight, nine, and ten all stars. Um, Four hundred forty three, uh, eight, nine, and ten teams. They finished second place. So really cool. Yeah, thank really, you. Really cool. Pretty neat. But your son plays on a team called No Fear Ballers, right? Well, the, yeah, we've been in the No Fear program, mm -hmm. and uh, the Ballers were one team, really good team. We were uh, a year older than them. Okay. Um, so it's a great name. Yeah, so, so I was telling a buddy of mine, well, the first time I, I, I ran into the No Fear Ballers at a tournament, I told a, a buddy of mine. Um, well, you were intimidated? No, I said, boy, if, you, if your team is named No Fear Ballers, you better be damn good. <laughs> and they were. They and won they, the whole yeah, tournament. Yeah, <laughs> they, 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 yeah, they kind of earned their way into that name. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're a good team. And that they're is nice a team, guys. like Drew was saying, that those kids are so competitive and so good. They play on a different level. They, they Most of them have, have um, retired from Little League, and they mm -hmm. just play travel ball full time, mm -hmm. um, which, like, there's there's pros and cons to, to, to that. To that. Yeah, my son, Drew's son, they 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 have little league, um, but they also play travel ball. Yeah, um, I, I think you know some of these kids who, who play little league, who are very good at travel ball, they get frustrated with mm -hmm. some of their teammates uh, because they're not quite as good. Um, but Elizabeth and I were explaining to Alex this season, like, look, when you get in a room at work, not everyone's going to have the same talent mm -hmm. level. You have to learn to work with everybody. Exactly. You know. So it's a great analogy. They, yeah. they can be mentors. There's yeah. a lot yeah. of reasons to exactly. Do yeah, like there's that. and little league's just so cool because it's the epicenter, yeah. right? I mean, it's like it's the place to yeah. be. You know, you don't you don't get that with travel ball because you're always traveling around. Mm -hmm. You know, so anyway, um, any more baseball talk? Well, we could do it all day. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Padres won last night. So yeah, there you go. One right. game winning streak. Check them out tonight. <laughs> Is there? Can they still? Can they still get into the playoffs? They can. Uh, they're fighting for a wild card spot. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard running out of time. But yeah, you know, we'll keep supporting them. Yeah, so. yeah. Also, I'll be supporting them tonight. I I don't know. 
I think they're a collection of expensive parts, not a great team, but we'll see. Now, um, that we could do all day, but <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So tell us professionally. I mean, you know, I I introed you as Mayor Gloria's Pulser, which is shorthand. But tell us a little bit about what it is you do. Uh, yeah, and I appreciate the nice intro. I, I actually have lost. I'm just good at burying the past. <laughs> it's good uh, marketing. It's, I take credit for the wins yeah. and blame the losses on somebody else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so I'm a pollster, um, which you guys, you know, and your listeners, I'm sure everybody's heard of in the news. Uh, last few years hasn't always been good for pollsters in the news, um, especially as it relates to these presidential campaigns and um, the data results coming out of those. We can That's another thing we could probably go on. I, I could go on for hours on that. Um, but it, we essentially are measuring public opinion and using that to help our clients get answers to guide their strategy, their messaging. Uh, you know, their audience segmentation. Um, so I like to talk about polling as the tool I use where the service that we actually provide is helping people distill that information into something that's useful, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, you guys are helping your clients put together campaigns, uh, ultimately just to win something, right? Whether it's an election yeah. or approval or win the ear of, the, of whatever audience uh, you're, you're reaching out to. Um, the polling is designed to help figure that out. Absolutely. And, uh, it tells you if, if you've got a chance to win or if you don't, mm -hmm. uh, how much money you need to spend to win. Um, it gives you a lot of useful information. I know in, in, in campaigns, I'm oversimplifying here, but you know, in a campaign, um, say we're trying to, and we've worked together on land use uh, issues, and say we're trying to understand what this community is going to support when it comes to this, this particular uh, mm -hmm. development project. Yeah, and in, in the messaging, right? Yeah. The messaging, how to pinpoint that, who should you send it to. The message is almost as important as which message audience or segmentations of audiences are getting. Right? Yeah, and somebody like you, Drew, can tell the campaign, look, there's eight things that work for you guys, but here are the two messages that mm -hmm. really pop. So your campaign really should be over and over and over, you know, delivering these messages across multiple platforms. Mm -hmm. And that's invaluable. Too. Yeah, of course. You know. it, it strikes me as maybe the most important thing that we do as pollsters, but mm -hmm. that we all do as you know, practitioners of in the public policy space is communicate something clearly. Juan mm -hmm. was talking about branding before. It's short, right? People, right. Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of space. You know, when I First Not a lot of bandwidth for local issues. I agree, or or anything anymore. Yeah. It's you know people thinking 140 characters and um, yeah. When I first got into this, there was a consultant in D.C., uh, someone I really respected who worked in the Clinton administration. He used to come into every meeting and he had his three things, and he'd say, "All right, here's the three things we got to do in this campaign to win," and he'd go A, B, and C, and it was clear everybody knew exactly what the plan was. We all walked out of there knew what to do, and I thought, I like that. I really mm -hmm. like. I've so I tried. I stole it. Uh, in recent years, I've sort of adapted it to B and C can be hard to get to. So what is A? Because, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. you know, if you, you got only a few seconds, maybe a few minutes of people's time. So what is the thing that you want your audience to take with them into whatever action you're trying to get them to do? Mm -hmm. Vote for a candidate. Vote on a ballot initiative. Pay attention to your issue. Uh, it's got to be clear and it's got to be concise in a way that you know, helps them understand. So we try to design our polling so that you guys can actually take that information and deliver it mm -hmm. right that way. So talk about a little bit about some of your clients, the ones that you can share. I, I, you know, I know, for example, that you're working with the Navy. I know Mayor Gloria is a client. I know Juan and I are engaged with you on, on a land use um, issue in North County that we're really not at liberty to talk about just yet. 
Um, so just kind of give us a flavor for um, the folks in the groups, the brands that you're working for. Sure. Uh, you know, we uh, I'm here in San Diego. So a lot of the work is here, um, but we work across California, really across the Western U.S. for the most part. Um, we do stuff nationwide, but uh, the longer I've been back in San Diego, the more it's kind of things sort of focus on the mm-hmm. on the Western U.S. So, um, yep, Mayor, someone I work for, uh, I've worked for him for a long time, going back to his council races and state assembly races. You've um, done a lot of land use stuff around here. A couple of members of the city council. Um, You're engaged with the Navy in Hawaii, right? So Which sounds really fascinating. We've done a project sort of in conjunction. Juan and I want to get on that team. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's funny. It's uh, Nobody Especially wants to travel for focus them. groups anymore unless we yep. say, but they're in Hawaii. Uh-huh. It's a, uh, I, I work for the governor of Hawaii. So uh, he is a incredibly interesting and talented guy and different mm-hmm. from a lot of politicians. Uh, you know, I'd encourage everyone to sort of check him out. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's obviously pretty busy right now. Unfortunately, um, Josh Green. Josh is his Green name, is his name. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, medical doctor by trade. A really, really interesting guy. Um, but I've gotten to learn a lot about the islands, you know, through him mm-hmm. and some of their clients and some of the work that we've done out there. That sounds so cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really interesting. How did you? Like how did you end up with that gig? Yeah. Uh, by luck, probably. We um, we've got an office headquartered out there. Uh, oh, you do? Staffed with really, really yeah. talented people uh, who have sort of done a lot of politics in Hawaii for a long time. Um, so cool. the introduction mm-hmm. came sort of through them and uh, was lucky enough that uh, he decided to hire yeah. us. It's interesting that there's a lot of interesting politicians coming out of Hawaii, right? Like you've got Josh Green, you also had Tulsi Gabbard back then, which she's sort of like breaking in the paradigm of what it means to be a Democrat. Super interesting. What about uh, your work with uh, Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel? Oh yeah, it's been a little while. Um, one of the f- one of the favorite people I've ever worked for. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I say this the right way? Uh, he is a person you always know where you stand with him. He seems uh, intense. Yes, he. You know, it's he. He is, and and he's demanding. But part of it is, uh, I like clarity. Right, especially mm-hmm. as a consultant, mm-hmm. like I want my clients to be clear with me about here's what we're trying to accomplish, here's what we need, uh, and he's clear. And if you're on top of things, uh, you'll understand exactly what's expected of you. And yeah, he might call you at four in the morning, uh, <laughs> but if you have the answer, he'll hang up pretty quick and let you go back to <laughs> right. sleep. So uh, I, I I actually worked for him twice. I worked for him at the DCCC, and then I was his pollster in his uh, second mayoral race in Chicago. So and really, DCCC really for those who don't know. Uh, that's the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. So I spent three-ish election cycles there in, in various roles. But it's essentially the uh, the House U.S. House campaign arm of the Democratic. I like I like to call it the armed wing of yeah. the Democrats. Right? They go in, they select certain like which congressional districts can we flip, which ones yeah. we got to protect nationwide. Very the engine, important yeah, role. the yes. engine, exactly. exactly. Um, so uh, tell us, uh, just juxtapose Rom and Mayor Gloria for us quickly. Uh, let me give you the hot take. Maybe more similar than you might think. Mm-hmm. Uh, good at because Todd seems so approachable and likable. Well, he is. I shouldn't say seems. And Rom seems a bit more standoffish and tough. And he is. And and I think, but both both are means to an end. And what what both of them are good at is understanding people mm. and what makes them tick and what they're looking for, and then how to bring those people together and so uh that's interesting the, the, the approach mm-hmm. might seem a little different but yeah. i actually think it's more similar than than you might think um also really hard job for both running oh, yeah. a big city not an easy job how is mayor gloria doing 
we should ask him. <laughs> no, I, I, look, I think he's doing a great job. This is the most difficult job in politics mm-hmm. right now is mayor of a big city. All right. I mean, we're facing problems that are... It's a tough time, right? They, tough they, time. They, Housing I, shortage, the homelessness, things that he inherited. It, he, these problems predate him, mm-hmm. and, and they're going to out... It, right. Mm-hmm. It's the the goal is to make progress, yes. put some systems in place to start to start to address these problems uh, in smart ways. And I think that uh, I think he's really done that. I mean, he's done a lot on this homelessness issue. Now, is it how effective is it? We don't know yet. Right. This takes time. Um, there's a story in the front page of the UT today about homelessness. Homeless population oh, yeah. Growing. Every it's day. Not, I mean, you know, yeah. it's not there. Um it's a tough issue. Um, and it's interesting, right? Because like, it's always like, and you see it in presidential elections and all that, like usually the work that that the governor, the mayor, the president does, you don't see it until the last four years. So sometimes it's the next one, the successor, who yeah. reaps those benefits, right? And people don't think like that. People just think in... How are we doing right now? Right? Yeah, and and, sorry, and you get it right. I mean, you know that. Yeah. What have you done what for the, me lately? Absolutely, yeah, exactly. That's, the, that's it, the environment we live in. And mm-hmm. I mean, full disclosure, I've always been a big supporter of Todd. I was an early endorser of Todd. I helped Todd, you know, raise money. I never worked directly for him, but uh, I just really enjoy him as a person, as a leader. Uh, I, he cares about San Diego and San Diegans, uh, and he always has. I met him, you know, when I was on the council floor, um, and he was a council member. Um, and uh, we just hit it off. He's a good guy. He is a, you know, a couple. So I, I agree with that. I mean, this is a guy who is of this place, right? You talk about mm-hmm. dear San Diego. This is a guy who mm-hmm. grew up here and who is in this job because he wanted to be in this job mm-hmm. and the things that he could accomplish. So he's, it comes, he comes from the right place. And I think that has probably guided some of his political philosophy of, mm-hmm. hey, I can talk to everybody and I want to talk to everybody. I want to hear from everybody and figure out how to build consensus. That's sort of who he is, a pretty pragmatic mm-hmm. leader that way. Um, I'll tell you an interesting story. I don't think he'll mind me sharing this, but you know, we've done polling for him for a long time and we've asked open-ended questions and the answers we get on those questions about Todd are very different from what you might usually get. They're always like, seems like a good guy. If I saw him on the street, I think he'd talk to me. Mm-hmm. He's people sort of feel like they know him. And I think it speaks to two really important things. So first that is a hard thing to accomplish, yeah. right? Yeah, and usually like they'd say like, uh, his, economic policy sucks or whatever people are going to come up with. But so to get that sort of personal of like, I like him, uh, really, really good for, um, you know, for any elected official to have. But I think it speaks to one authenticity, right? He just is who he is, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and two, I think it speaks to that approachability of he seems like the kind of guy that's going to just have my back. And to me, those are the two most important things. In and he's honest too. He's on. He's an honest you broker. Know, people trust. Yeah, him. people trust him. And 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 if you don't have trust in politics, you really don't have anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you you have a, a pretty good understanding of of what San Diegans are thinking and feeling. So, can you share with us, Drew, um, what 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 are the issues out there that San Diegans are most concerned about right now? Yeah, well, one mentioned, and that's probably the list for the most part. It's homelessness and housing. I mean, in every poll going back four or five years mm-hmm. now, I mean, those two things are going to sort of spike to the top. You know, crime will sort of, but you know, we're we're pretty lucky. We live in a place where it's mm-hmm. right. at least not as bad as by the numbers, yeah. it's not as mm-hmm. bad. Now, how people feel is different, yeah. right? Um, and this relates to all of these issues. And we tend to think housing to me is the most interesting one. Uh, we talked about yeah, because you and I worked together on a housing poll um, a year or so ago for the Building Industry Association. Yeah. And what we found was that while San Diegans really 
value affordable housing. What they're really clamoring for is middle income housing, right? Everybody's affected, right? And this is like, this is the big thing. It's, uh, you guys have seen hundreds of polls probably. The question I hate the most maybe not the most, one of the questions I hate mm-hmm. is when we ask this issue concerns question, say like, okay, I'm gonna read you 10 things, you tell me which two or three you think should be the biggest priorities. And then we say things, okay, it's housing and homelessness and cost of living and the environment. And it's like- Charger Stadium. Charger Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> that's uh, that's the one thing I'm glad about. It. I got three hours of my Sundays back when they left town. Yeah, all right. Um, but, uh, but, but what's hard about it is these things are all related. And so housing in particular, uh, you can't really talk about housing without talking about cost of living in the economy. Jobs. And job, and uh, these things are all, and so to try to separate them that way doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of what people are actually feeling, mm-hmm. right? So um, I was thinking about this the other day, of, uh, all these stories recently about, hey, the economy's supercharged, it's on fire, we got GDP, inflation's falling, unemployment's all time lows, and sounds great, right? But then you ask in these polls, like, how are you feeling about the economy? And everyone, I feel terrible. Yeah. Like, and so there's, I'm not an economist, so I'm not going to try to get into like the notion of, you know, purchasing power and real wage, mm-hmm. but it matters. It matters that, you know, these, there are these indicators out there uh, that are, people aren't sort of internalizing and feeling. And that's sort of, I think, where housing fits in. It's, that's most of your spending, yeah. right? And so if you're kind of feeling crushed by this, whether it's rent or your mortgage, it doesn't matter who you are whatever you consider yourself in terms of income level, it, it is hard for almost everybody out there right now. Well, especially in San Diego, oh, California. Yeah. You know, Juan's a, uh, just what, in the last two years bought, mm-hmm. bought a home. Um, it ended up being a good time to buy. I thought it was a bad time to buy. Yeah, it's hard to break into the housing oh, market. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. most, uh, most, the majority of San Diegans are renters. It, yeah. So. And, and, and that's not cheap either. Yeah. You just no. keep the yeah. roof exactly. over your head is, yeah. is tough. You can, you know, if you were out there working two jobs and struggling to, to do it. It's, it is a really, really tough thing for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is encouraging that uh, what it creates is this openness to solutions, yeah. right? So, uh, hey, we need to think about the way we live, the way we plan, the way we build differently, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so you're starting to see more of the, hey, let's come up with good ideas to build. Let's not just shut it down and say, hey, we, we want to keep things the way they are. I don't really care if people are struggling. What you're seeing now is openness to a lot of different solutions to, to the problem. Yeah. Hope so. Yeah. I mean, there, there's NIMBYs everywhere, you know, and NIMBYs yeah. aren't Republican or Democrat or Independent. They're all stripes, you know. And there's NIMBYs and there's red tape everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, like, it's hard. That's tape. what it is, yeah. right? I just I just don't think that people, and, and look, it's hard to blame them. They don't have time. But they don't understand exactly how it works, right? Because like, yeah, there's NIMBYs, but most people I don't think would consider themselves NIMBYs. They're like, yeah, build more housing, but then you put a housing initiative on the ballot. and <laughs> or, or you try to build that house in yes, their neighborhood. It's to their one neighborhood thing to build and, it yeah, over there. And then they yeah, turn into NIMBYs, right? right? <laughs> you know, I like my neighborhood. I like my community, but I also want my kids to be able to live in San yeah. Diego. And I'm I'm not so sure that that's going to be an option that's for them. The way things are headed. So you know what it is, and something that we've talked about like a lot of times, uh, Tony, and I think you would probably agree with it. Drew is um, we always go out and educate on these issues when it's election time, when there's something on the ballot, but. We've never really tried to educate people. Off election cycles. Yes, Yes, that's so true. Without a goal and objective. People can tell when you've got something to gain, right? You're a developer who wants to build this to make money. I'm not going to believe a single word (laughs) you say. But if you go out as a nonprofit or something and you explain the macroeconomics in a a good way, obviously, a way people can understand, then 
I think we could change sort of people's minds, but it's a really interesting point. Do it without tying it to an yes, ask. Exactly. Uh, you know, so that's exactly. A, it's a really, really good point. Yeah. 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 A full blown public affairs campaign. Yeah. I'm so ready. Go, going into up. the polling of it, it's interesting because I do, I do as, as, as you do, I do a lot of politics at IVC media. We do a lot of politics, but then we also do e-commerce. We do cannabis, right? Which is a, another issue that I wanted to touch with you. But the first one is, Whenever we, we do oh. cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> Marketing. You can cannabis. say it now. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, 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 it's legal now. But basically what we're always lacking on the private industry, it's a good poll. It's a good market study. They do not take it as seriously as they do in politics, right? There's other factors that involve that. How do you feel sort of working in politics versus working for like a private business, something that is being sold? Uh, Great question. Mm -hmm. um, I think that in some ways you could you could make an argument that they're not that different, mm -hmm. right? You're selling a widget or you're selling a person. Yes. And the goal is to figure out what are people going to respond to? Who's going to respond? How do we alter their impressions of something, mm -hmm. a product, exactly. a person, a ballot initiative? So uh, I think the intent is the same. Um, it's funny you say that because I think there is this sort of uh, divide mm -hmm. between the two worlds where maybe political or public policy pollsters think, oh, they must be doing something that's really smart and, and different. Yes, yes. Um, but I think this kind of gets back to the simplicity. I, I, that's, to me, is the goal of all of this. Is like, mm -hmm. how do you make something simple and easy for your audience to understand? Mm -hmm. And if you kind of keep that goal in mind, it can provide a North Star as you're trying to get through 500 pages of cross tabs mm -hmm. to figure out, well, what is this really saying? Yeah. It's like, over, we overcomplicate this at our own peril. And I think that's true for a company it as is, well. Right? You know, whatever you're trying to accomplish. That's, uh, yeah, I just like, buy the weed. It's yeah. good for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like to say, if you can sell a person with all of the defects, like a human obviously isn't perfect, if you can sell that, you can sell anything, right? I think that's right. And you, and you know what's important, too, is uh, maybe from the other direction on your question, mm -hmm. one is... Uh, so we sometimes create an over-reliance on data. Mm -hmm. And yeah. to me, like, that, like working as a team is really important because the poll and the data is helpful in that it creates guardrails, right? It answers mm -hmm. questions. It helps sort of identify tensions, all of these things. But it doesn't always give you the silver bullet answer. It's like the oh. law, right? You got to interpret the data. You've yeah. got, exactly. Yeah. And, and real experience matters. So, you know, mm -hmm. what you guys do matters to that process. So taking data and saying, okay, here's what, here's what people are telling us. Mm -hmm. What does that mean in our experience? What, is, what, are, we, what are the new ideas? How, are we, can yeah. we, how can we be innovative around this data? There's a lot That's of pressure on you guys to be right and to be accurate, um, you know, especially when you know, millions of dollars are at stake, wins and losses are at stake. You know, when I first was getting into politics, I was working for then council member Kevin Faulkner, and he was the leading voice opposed to a sales tax that Mayor Jerry Sanders at the time was supporting, right? And I remember being on a call with the pollster, uh, John Neenstedt, a, a, a colleague of yours, mm -hmm. um, and I remember John explaining the, um, it was a handful of days before the election, and John was updating the polling. And um, 
you know, I was pretty new to all this still. This was sort of the first campaign that I was on. And I remember Kevin saying after John, you know, I, and I, I knew John was delivering good news. I knew the numbers looked good, but I didn't really understand all of it, right? And Kevin sort of synthesized it perfectly. He said, well, we're good. The Oracle has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> and we went on to trounce that, you know, a couple days later, you know, um, Kevin and, and the campaign, you know, easily defeated that sales tax. But he knew three days prior to that that we were going to win this thing pretty easily because of John's polling. And that doesn't always work that way. Well, that, and that's the problem, right? <laughs> yeah. that's, and that's why there's margin of error. It's that it, it, it's it's good to be the oracle when you're right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. when you know, and what's happened in the last few years, like we do get this over reliance both from sometimes with from our clients or the people that we work with, but also, you know, the media, right? This is the story and the data gets reported as it's 49, 46. Well, if your margin of error is four, four or five percent, yeah. then this is functionally a tied right. race. And right. so, uh, and where you, where you get into trouble and where you get these narratives is when the result may actually fall within that margin of error. So for instance, the polling in 2020 was no less accurate than polling going back 40 years. There's, mm -hmm. you know, there's all sorts of charts you can look on 538 and see this data aggregated. Mm -hmm. But when it results in close elections going the other way, right? So mm -hmm. if the polls showed Trump winning by one point in Georgia or Arizona and then Biden wins by one point, well, now they're wrong, right? Yeah. But even though that margin of error is no different than it being mm -hmm. 60 versus 62%. So that's a good point. Uh, exactly. It, so it's tough, and I think that that and margin and error is generally three or four percent, right? Yeah, it depends. It's related. It's correlated to a lot of different things, but mostly sample size. So the more interviews oh, you do, the lower the margin of error, right. for you know, for lack of a better way to put it. And um, people um, sort of, uh, I think, um, a lot of folks uh, think that when you do do a poll, that you're polling thousands and thousands of people, but you're not. Not always, um, and you know, the the science doesn't require right. because of this mm -hmm. margin of error. So, right. um, you know, more is almost always better because A, you'll shrink that margin of error and B, you can do more with the data. You look at subgroups. Mm -hmm. and um, But yeah, you know, I mean, in, in we do statewide polls of, well, California is big, so it's more like 800, but in yeah. other states, you know, you can do 500 interviews in a state and get a pretty good feel for science it. Yeah. is such that, yeah. You'll, I have an interesting question for you. Like in base, in terms of your experience, and I've worked with, I've had the benefit of having great mentors in the in the political space more than anything, and there's two. I could I could summarize it uh, the way they campaign into two different methods. One is you figure out your winning message and you stick to that message, right? The other one is segment, segment and talk to everyone differently. Figure out how you can talk to Latinos, to to African Americans, and then hit them with different messages. What in your experience has been the best method? If you had to award one of the methods, which one would you choose? Hmm. Both. Can I take the kind of cop out? And say both? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I do think both are important, and mm -hmm. that's the value in having different tools to do this, right? Like polling is uh, is frankly a fairly blunt instrument once you sort of factor in margin yeah. of error in these things. And I shouldn't, I say that at my own peril because people expect a precision that we're just sort of limited on sometimes. Mm -hmm. Now it can typically identify trends. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the, mo the biggest value you get out of that is like, okay, is this going to be within one point, this vote among, you know, women versus men? Maybe not. But what's important here is who are we doing better with? Where can we make mm -hmm. gains? So, so it can mm -hmm. identify trends. But then there are other tools to really dig in on that precision and do that segmentation, right? The advent of micro-targeting and modeling. And so it's sort of the, the intersection and the nexus of all of that data overlaid then with 
the experience of the team, and then most importantly, the other thing that you said was the, the message, right? The candidate, what's mm-hmm. authentic to them, mm-hmm. what's the one thing. So I come back, and I, if you're going to force me to choose on your question one, I'm going to say, in today's world, you better know what your one thing is and what is that. Yeah. Here's yeah. the difference between my opponent and I, or yes versus no, uh, or whatever it is. Uh, but I do think both of those things can work in, in concert. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's fascinating. Really. Fascinating. Not for everybody, but for us sort of public yeah. affairs geeks, I mean, um, the way a campaign comes together and the way the polling works and then putting the strategy and the tactics together and the messaging and then, you know, the creative that Juan and his team are so good at. Um, and then Juan's managing the digital ads and saying, you know, yes, the polling says this, but here's what we're seeing on Facebook. And then we're adjusting in real time. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty cool stuff. And, you know, we're lucky to be able to do it. Yeah, it's you know. fun. Yeah, so. certainly fun. Um, so um, coming back into into town here, um, <laughs> Um, I don't live in North County. Uh, I've spent some time up there. Really love Encinitas. I think that's where where, where you call home. Uh, love Carlsbad, uh, Solana Beach. Uh, tell our uh, listeners a couple couple cool places. What are some 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 can't miss maybe restaurants or hangouts uh, up up that way? Oh, geez, you're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> the North County ambassador uh, that you are. The North County <laughs> shoutouts. Yeah. I've uh, oh boy okay let's see what are, what like where do you go what are your what are your go I got little kids we go wherever <laughs> they want to go but what about uh, coffee food you know, pizza it, best place it, to get a burger yeah look you know I'm, downtown Encinitas has become a really cool place Beautiful. there's a lot going on there now a lot of good restaurants um, we spend a lot of time down there uh, when we can get yeah. out. Um, but all the way up the coast now. I mean, you go into Carlsbad Village, there's a million things going on. You go up to Oceanside and there's a ton to do and go on. I'll put in a plug, uh, there's a restaurant in Oceanside Harbor called Stratford at the Harbor. Uh, hmm. Full disclosure, it's owned by a buddy of mine, but really cool place. And there's yeah. a second location in Del Mar now. Uh, oh, good to it's know. a good place. Mm-hmm. Definitely worth checking Stratford out. Good views, at the good breakfast food, good lunch food. Yeah, Stratford. Uh, definitely a place to check out if you're up that way. Beautiful. All right. And then Moonlight Beach. Yeah. You know, Mo- Moonlight. I mean, you know, it's hard to go wrong at any at any beach across mm-hmm. the county. Um, we got a Mar- special place. Moonlight Beach. Yeah, is that the one with the huge deck? The one that like goes down like a it's like a huge wooden one. Uh, no, the, uh, so I think what you're I think you might be thinking of Swami's with the deck up yes. the, the yeah, staircase yeah. down, yeah. close to there. Just yeah. you know, one one beach north. Um, it's so yeah. special. Then, yeah. yeah, we go there. We go to Seaside Beach in Cardiff a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we were hanging out with kids when they were little one year at Moonlight Beach, and um, it was later on in the in the afternoon. And then, like some live music, just you know, can't, you know, like you just you don't uh, you don't get that down here at La Jolla Shores or Coronado, or it's just a different vibe up there. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's um, you know, it's funny. I mean, Encinitas is a it is a beach. It's growing, and but one of the coolest things to me about it, maybe this is where the word progressive comes from, but. Uh, I've lived there twice. I lived there as a little kid, and then we moved, and then I moved back. back later in life. And it is a different place. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when I was a little kid, you moved, like, we moved to Poway because that's where the schools were good when mm-hmm. I was growing up. The place has changed so much. There's people coming in from all over the world. Uh, you know, my neighbors aren't just born and raised in Encinitas, and I know some people say, well, we don't want the change. But I like it. I think it, it injects a lot of cool new stuff into the community. Diversity. And, and now it's yeah. it got a lot more diversity. you got mm-hmm. different – it's just – there's more going on, and it helps grow the place and turn it into something that's, um, you know, that's a little better and a little cooler. So it's been fun for me over the course of 45 years now to just sort of see, yeah, North County grow yeah. and change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
the evolution. Uh, you want to do the rapid fire questions and we'll close yeah, this out? Yeah, let's do it. Basically, and these are all, um, Drew, just based on... This is the twick, trick question. Yeah, this sounds yeah. Like, you didn't tell <laughs> yeah. me this was going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> no, because we wanted you on the spot. They're really hard. Um, what time do you wake up? Oh, gosh, when, whenever my daughter wakes up. <laughs> Which is? Actually, you know what? My kids are old enough now that yeah. uh, they... I don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, we're in the six o'clock hour usually. And uh, but now they're they're kind of up and they can feed themselves. So it's mm-hmm. that's now by choice as opposed to by demand. Yeah. <laughs> and what time do you go to sleep? Uh, I'm a I'm an eleven o'clock. Okay. You know, it's uh, I don't know how you guys do it in your houses. Like we get, usually get kids go to bed. There's one show that my wife and I will watch together. And then she's gone. And then I can watch, like, you know, I can catch up on Padres. Or like, <laughs> yeah. I, got, I need like a little yeah. 30 to 45 minute. What's the show that you're yeah. watching with her now? Uh, we, what did we just finish? Oh, you know, we just finished the, the show Yellow Jackets. Or we yep. just oh, yeah, it. that's pretty cool on Amazon. It's uh, it's well, wild. The, the soccer team <laughs> yeah, the that soccer crashed. Team, yeah. And, uh, yeah. It was, we both throughout said, should we stop? Watching this at this point, <laughs> but we stuck it out. It was good. That's exactly my routine, though. The kids go to bed around eight. Then Elizabeth and I watch whatever it is we're watching, and then she goes to bed. And then I got like an hour to kind of, you know, watch another reading, show or yeah. do a little reading. Right. Or if you get like three hours, the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary. Ooh, on I started Netflix, that one. I started it. it Ooh. I just thought it was great. It was, it's like three episodes. It's like bodybuilder, actor, politics. Exactly. And it's it's just an interesting. Guy. He's an interesting yeah. dude. Like we could yeah. do a long time on his yeah. politics, yeah. but you know when we were talking about sort of being able to address issues as issues as opposed to through partisanship, mm-hmm. you know, it's first in politics now that's a recipe for everybody to hate you. Mm-hmm. But there's something that that we're really missing yeah. in yeah. there. So exactly, that's interesting. I'll have yeah. to check that out. I we watched uh, Yellowstone together, um, and um, that's obviously a uh, you know a show set in Montana about these ranchers. But politics plays a very big uh, part of that show. You recommend that one? Uh, it's it's good. It's entertaining. There's a lot of the politics stuff that they don't get right, but there's mm-hmm. some of it that they do get right, yeah. and so that's that's uh, it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. There's some uh, cowboys on that show that are like legit cowboys. Boys, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, I need to it's, check it out. Yeah. It's one of those ones where you know they're good at you know, making fun of us Californians, right? <laughs> Don't come to our state. <laughs> it's kind of like the yep. Sopranos, but set in Montana yeah. with a lot of bourbon. Right? It's an interesting show. Perfect. Um, moving on to the next question: Red or green chilaquiles? Oh, uh, I'm gonna go green. Green. Uh, Boom! Yeah. That's not that's not one that we hear a lot. No, it's, it's usually uh, red or both. That's, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go green. I'm on, I'm on like a green kick. I just, yeah. I, I've green sort juice, of been learning to make chili verde. Yeah. So like yeah. I'm just trying to. I've been sort of moving in a green direction. Yeah. You know what? Like seems as I get older, it's like a little easier. I'm like the heartburn <laughs> too for me. <laughs> good point. Yeah, yeah. It's usually a little bit tamer than the red. <laughs> that's right? uh, yeah. That's that's yeah. a good thing for me these days. Oh, uh, <laughs> coffee funny. or tea? Oh, coffee. Two. Yeah. That's uh, how many cups. More than more than I should. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm two to three nice. a day. That's fine. You make uh, your own, or you're a Starbucks guy. I do I do all of it. I do, usually do both. <laughs> you do both on a uh, given day. I do both on a day. But I've I've resist. I'm a I'm a nitro cold brew guy. Ooh. And I've got a buddy who does the nitro cold brew with two shots of espresso. I'm not that bad. Uh, I'm just <laughs> the regular. And I, yeah. I was like, man, I don't know how you survive it with the two extra shots. <laughs> That's got to be at least 300 milligrams of caffeine. It's it, it, that one would send me through the roof. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh, good. And, and I presume black, black coffee. Oh, yep, they have to yep. drink it black. Yep. Perfect. Gym or no gym? 
Uh, I have gotten into in the last few years a lot of yoga, mm-hmm. uh, and so I try to do I try to do cardio so I can stay alive for my kids, and and then <laughs> yoga. And it started. I was having all these back problems, and uh, and I really wanted to avoid anything surgical. So I started doing yoga. It's been a game changer for me. So I'm an evangelist for it now. If yeah. you're not doing it, I, I love it both for the physical effects, but also I try to do it as many days as I can because it sets the my mind right yeah, and if, yeah. if I do it in the morning. and mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I do try to do something every day. It's usually some version of like a little bit of cardio and yeah. yoga. How long have you been doing yoga for? About six years okay, in now. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so at uh, 10.30 at night when the wife is just dozed off and uh, the mayor's calling and you're lying in bed, you, you answer? He, this mayor wouldn't do that. <laughs> Uh, but I definitely took Rahm Emanuel's calls at that, at that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was interesting when I worked for a, um, um, a politician like that, and you're in his inner circle, and there were really no boundaries. And you know, when they called, and Elizabeth would be like, "It's ten forty-five at night." I'm like, "I know, but you know, yeah, something's their going face. on. It's if, their face on TV, right? Their if, face. Yeah. <laughs> if if they call, you pick up. But you know what? This, I mean, this mayor, like to be honest, like, he's he is self-sufficient. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got. He knows what he wants to do he understands it he uh, respects you and your family and, and, yeah. and that for sure that yeah. for sure but he's you know at 10 45 at night i think if he had some if he called i'd pick up but right. mostly i think he'd go here's what i think right and uh and we'd right. probably talk about it the next day yeah cool perfect remote or office job how do you work best uh I think balance is probably the answer here mm-hmm. as, as well. I think some combination of the two is probably a healthy mix. Now, I say that as the only member of my team who's here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the rest of my team is in a mix of Colorado and, and Seattle. Um, do you work from home or do you? I go to an office. I've got like a little co-working, it's about half the size of the room we're in here um, because I have to get out of the house. I can't do it from the house. Yeah. Um, but it's still sort of remote in the sense that I'm there by myself. Yeah. And you were remote before the pandemic, before it got cool to be remote. I was already, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, yeah, in fact, the one before th- it got cool, I like. <laughs> the, the one thing I wish is, you know, I saw with this, this place where I rent the office. I saw what they were doing. I was like, well, this makes a lot of sense. I think mm-hmm. they're onto something here. Yeah, I should have got into that. This was like, you know, the, before we work even. And uh, I thought, man, I, I could have done it, yeah. uh, but too late. Should have, would have. <laughs> yep. Perfect time. Huh? Morning person or night owl. When do you feel your best? I've become a morning person. Mm-hmm. I think it took work for me. I think I'm a natural <laughs> night owl, but uh, same here. Uh, I worked hard to become a morning person, and I think that you know that's kind of where I've gotten. A lot of coffee helps with that. Look, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Yep. It's, Any supplements you take that like, especially the ones that you feel make a difference? That's a good question. I should. I got a buddy who's really into this and's been mm-hmm. pushing me on it, and. Uh, it's like another thing it is. Like think it is. about and have time for. So I haven't done it. What's uh, your drink of choice? Uh, I have. Uh, I'm mostly a beer guy. I, IPA, I went through IPA the whole, or Pilsner. Or? Well, I went through the like whole evolution. Of, uh, yeah. You know, I went from drinking Coors Light to uh, <laughs> a full beer snob <laughs> to now realizing 300 calories of beer is not good for me <laughs> either. So uh, I've sort of tried to land somewhere in the middle. Uh, it works you know, like that, right? Like, <laughs> like I started out, I mean. Nobody likes know. to enjoy an IPA though on the beach. I mean, I know you're not. Some ready. people do. Kendall, yeah, for example, Kendall. It's too heavy. You know Kendall, right? Yeah. She doesn't drink anything that is not an IPA. You give her really? a lager, 
she'll be like, that's water. That's piss water. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, I can drink an IPA a month, right? Right. Exactly. The other ones, yeah, give me a nice Pilsner or a lager. But it's interesting how you sort of fluctuate, right? And it's like, give me the IPAs. And then it's like, no, I don't want anything to do with IPAs. Just give me the light ones. The, yeah, I, I would be, let me be clear. I would be IPAs if it wasn't a real barrier between that and, you know, losing 20 pounds. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Calories are heavy on that. So what are you drinking right now? What's your... Oh, you choice. know what? I've been a um, I've been a Modern Times guy for a long time. Mm-hmm. Great, um, and I just think they just sort of consistently make a lot of things that are really good. Mm-hmm. The other one I really like is the Virgin beers. Um, they're mm-hmm. up in Carlsbad. Those are great. Yeah, up to Carlsbad. Local yeah. stuff. Anything we didn't cover today, Drew? That um, before we yeah. say goodbye, anything that we didn't cover that we should have covered? Oh, God. which we got a lot of. There's probably a lot of things. <laughs> um, no, I, I appreciate you guys having me, man. This is really fun. Yeah, fun. yeah, it's a good, uh, good, you know, vehicle to not just talk about the news, but talk about who you are. You know, a lot of people know Drew Lieberman, the pollster, but I don't know how many of those folks know Drew Lieberman, the dad, the baseball coach. You know, the guy who would drink IPAs if they weren't yeah, so calorie, low calorie beer drinker. <laughs> That's, uh, that's no, what the objective is. It's it's a it's a great show, man. I had a lot of fun, uh, so I'm looking forward to listening to a lot more. Well, cool. Thank you, thank you very much for coming on, Drew. Appreciate you. So, what did you think, Tony? It was a great interview. I really enjoyed talking to Drew about. I mean, there wasn't a point in the interview where I was like, "Ah, eh, this is lame." I mean, everything he said, I, I was very, you know, he was engaged. Um, I, I was hoping for a, a best burger recommendation from him in North County. I didn't get that, but everything else was great. What did, what did you think? No, I loved it. I think if you would have asked him um, for something, whatever the kid likes, uh, some ice cream place, he probably would have named it. But it seems like he's very dedicated to his kids right now. But I, I, I love Drew. He's just so amicable and easy to talk to and just smart, right? Just smart in terms of how he handles the business. I think that's how why he's done so well in the industry. Yeah, he's super plugged in and mm-hmm. works for some of the most, you know, I mean, he's the mayor's pollster. And <laughs> he's working for the Navy and, he, mm-hmm. he, you know, Building Industry Association. And But he, he's he got, there's no ego there. Exactly. You know. You know what? That's what it is. You, I think you just hit it on the nail because I've worked with at least five, six posters, pollsters and... He just seems like the one that is the less egoless. He doesn't like want to interfere or sort of manage. He's just listening and acting on it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And on teams, he's very collaborative. Yeah, yeah. You yes, know? he is. Yes, he is. He's always interested to hear. It's it's sort. It's not his way or the highway. Mm-hmm. You know. I really enjoyed um, listening to him talk about, you know, um, what he likes, uh, the beer and, you know, and the IPAs and mm-hmm. and his routine in the evening is, I, yeah. <laughs> it was just, I felt like I was... Identical to yours. Yeah, it was just, <laughs> I was like, almost fell off my chair when yeah. he was like, you know, so... Uh, Maybe it's more common than you think. Maybe it's like, yeah, it's just having kids sort of thing. Yeah, you put the kids to yeah. bed, you get a half an hour or an hour of, mm-hmm. you know, alone time with the wife and then she nods off and then... Yeah. It's getting pretty late. And In the yoga thing, right? I mean, I think that was yeah. one of the, the main things that I try to extract from people. Like, I feel like even if you don't know it, there's something, if you are successful, if you're able to perform every day, there's something that allows you to do that, right? We have too many preoccupations and, and life can be easily go be unbalanced, right? Go unbalanced. So for him, it seems like the yoga just sort of centralized. He's been doing it for six years. That's a big commitment. Yeah. And, and that's what I hear from Kendall, for example, when she's feeling too stressed, when something is hurting, when she's too tight, like her muscles are too tight, she goes in and does yoga, right? So... 
Yeah, I think the yoga and the and the kids and his mm-hmm. wife uh, mm-hmm. really help him. Yeah, you know, stay even keeled. Um, yeah. You know, I know. You know, because we get involved in these tense. Um, pressure situations mm-hmm. where we got to hit a deadline, we got to be right, um, we got to deal with the media, mm-hmm. um, and you know your kids um, bring you back to earth. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, hey, Dad, did my slime arrive from Amazon yet? <laughs> you know, <laughs> puts so, it all into perspective, right? Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Dear San Diego. I want to thank Drew Lieberman for joining us. And uh, as always, I want to thank my co-host Juan Hernandez. uh, And we will see you all next time on Dear San Diego. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening to Dear San Diego. Be sure to follow and subscribe whenever you listen to your podcasts. To read the blog associated with this episode, visit olasmedia.com. This episode was produced in studios located in San Diego, California, and Tijuana, Baja, California. Creative Director, Ulysses Breton. Sound Engineer, Alan Glespar. Co-Producer, Lena Alvarez. Executive Producer and Co-Founder, J.C. Polk. Our President, Chad Peace. Olas Media is an IVC media company. Olas Media. Dear San Diego's media partner is timesofsandiego.com. Timesofsandiego.com, Juan, has 700,000 readers a month. 700,000 readers a month. Thousand. You got anything that you produce that gets 700,000 eyeballs? I have. Not at the (laughs) moment. Not at the moment. Um, And it's only, so it's only a digital news site, right? Correct. It's uh, online only. They've never printed um, their product. And uh, that's really um, the editor and publisher there, Chris Genowine. Mm-hmm. That's what he'll tell you is one of their keys to success is uh, they're not wedded to the printed product like some of these legacy media organizations because print is 75% of your costs. You know, I respect local news sites like that a lot, right? They don't have the funds. They don't have the money that the bigger organizations, the bigger publications have. I think they do it out of vacation. They do it out of a feel of community. So I respect them a lot. I support them. I think our listeners should support them too. Absolutely. Times of San Diego is the only publication in Southern California that's featured on Google Showcase. Um, and because Chris, I, he's he's a smart guy. He understands that my publication provides the content, but we're not the digital advertising whizzes that Google and Facebook are. So he's, 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 he's leaned in to this digital universe where some of these legacy media organizations have not. Go to timesofsandiego.com, support local news, support timesofsandiego.com.